You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the first podcast of its kind. You might be thinking, well, sure, Sick Biz Buzz is great and all, but what else is there that can help me? Well, I'm glad you asked. We also have a killer Facebook group where you can find the support and community you have been looking for to support you in your chronic illness or disability journey. Make friends, share laughs, learn about jobs, and a whole bunch of other cool things. Just search Sick Biz on Facebook and request to join. We would love to have you. My guest today is a Chicago area copywriter and journalist and blogger, marketer and contributor to HuffPost Parents, the Chicago Sun-Times, and numerous other large tier websites and media sites and publications. He is the author of The Cheeky, Right, Right, Sell Now, and his most recent book, The Virus in Us, A Letter from Father to Son and the Myths of the Pandemic. It is that latter topic that we are going to focus more on today, quite timely. A ton of parents are juggling the seismic shift of moving from full-time on-campus school learning to either homeschooling entirely or partial in-class school and online learning. This is a topic a lot of people are talking about. As an entrepreneur, Matt has run his own business for years, even dealing with rheumatoid arthritis. So he's a sick baser as well, and he's going to help us all in that capacity too. But the important piece that we're going to focus on today is he is also juggling having a kiddo at home. He has changed his agenda, his priorities, and how he manages his day-to-day -day business as a result. The other really cool thing about Matt is that he's donating half his royalties on his book, The Virus and Us, to the Northwestern Medicine COVID-19 Relief Fund, which is a Chicago area health system. He's got a lot of irons in the fire people. Please welcome the irrepressible and problem solver, Matt Brennan. Hi, Hillary. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thanks for being here. We're a little overdue on this, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah it's, it's, good to be here. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful to have you here. And thanks for taking the time to help out people by just sharing what you're going through, giving them some pointers on on how they can maybe make their life a little less stressful with kids and the pandemic and running a business and trying to get all the bills paid and have a relationship and all and just balancing it all. Chaos. It is chaos. It is. So let's get to know you a little bit better. I call this the elevator speech part of the show. And we want to know, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so uh, I am a former journalist. I um, started at, uh, I went to school at Southern Illinois University, graduated in journalism. I wrote f uh, for daily papers for a long time and then um, kind of transitioned into more of a freelance writing capacity. Eventually, I kind of saw the writing on the wall there, you know, as I wanted to get into some of the major uh, newspapers, um, they were laying people off. So you find yourself in that peculiar situation of fighting to get into something where they don't really want you. And, um, you know, I, I shifted focus to marketing and copywriting. 
And uh, for the last 10 years or so, I've been working on website content and blogging for different businesses. I start with, uh, start with a lot of smaller businesses and uh, you know, I've, I've worked with some medium and larger businesses now too. Wow, that's crazy. But that gave you a really great foot in the door. And I've always wondered about being a journalist and writing for that's a major paper that you wrote for. Did you enjoy that part of your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, what, what happened was I, I write, I wrote for the, the Sun-Times company, mm-hmm. which uh, has a lot of area newspapers uh, in the suburbs of Chicago, where, I, where I'm at. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when you have a big enough story, the, the Chicago paper picks it up too. Very cool. Very cool. So that laid the groundwork of you then for the past 10 plus years, then working from home. Yeah. Did yeah. you make that shift pretty easily? You know, um, it takes discipline and that takes practice. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's things like working within, you know, 50 feet of the kitchen, yeah. um, <laughs> um, you know, cleaning or finding some other household, you know, task that needs to be done in the middle of the day. And, you know, working on, you know, not caving to those temptations and, you know, especially social media and, you know, doing the things that, uh, you want to be doing instead of the things you should be doing. <laughs> so yeah. it takes practice kind of overcoming all of that. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I got better. Um, what I didn't anticipate is kind of where we are now. And that ad- added a new wrinkle into it for sure. Oh, it's a, it's a totally new wrinkle, especially when you get used to things being a certain way. And you just kind of wake up, lather, rinse, repeat, this is my day. Um, I've done this for years. I know it's profitable. I can take care of my family this way. And then boom, COVID the wrench is thrown in there. And then boom, another little monkey wrench is kids now are needing to be home and being with their parents. But before we go into that, you said something interesting on uh the documentation that you sent to me to get ready for the show, and that there's an opportunity in this. What is that opportunity for you and all the chaos? Getting to know my son in a way that I never really anticipated. Um, you know, I mean, of course I'm his dad. Of course we spend time together. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there for him and his learning and all of that. But I never really imagined being this formative of a part in his learning. And I think that's, just an awesome opportunity. Do you think this kind of brought home to you how much time you weren't spending together based on his schedule? Yeah, I think, um, I, I think priorities and the way that I look at that relationship definitely shifted. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, to see that we placed so much emphasis on activities and you have to go here and you have to go there and then everything stopped and we had to immediately make this shift in priority in our heads. We went from saying, but this is important right now to, okay, now we have to make this important because everybody says it's important. But 
we do learn in that, wow, it is important. It is important how we worked on our relationship. It, it is important that we stop and smell the flowers with our kids because they're not there for very long before they're out the door. So I love that you can see the opportunity in this. And, um, you know, I, I really think that's the key for everybody in all of this and really in anything, in any trial or tribulation. And you know, that's a, a common theme here too, is that things are much better and pain is much more manageable when you look for the silver lining in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how are you managing working and working at home and at home learning at the same time? What is your situation? Is your son on campus full time or is he doing partial days or working? Are you at home with him learning full time or what did you guys decide? Yeah, so boy, the, this has kind of shifted. Let me back up for one second. Um, you know, obviously in March, uh, everything came to a screeching halt, and I wrote the I wrote this between March and April. Mm-hmm. So um, at that point, yeah, I I no one knew how long this was going to last. So I, you know, I, I I was still very much focused on trying to secure as much work as possible and trying to uh, prioritize both. Now, you know, we've been through the summer and into the fall. Um, For us, it made sense to, to keep, uh, to keep our son home Mm -hmm. because uh, he's, he's got an immune deficiency. I have rheumatoid arthritis. So you know, we really want to limit our exposure as much as we possibly can. Um, And in that, um, as, as we kind of got to the fall, I did scale back a little bit on work. Uh, Now my wife is a nurse and we can talk about that a little bit later too. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so she's been, you know, maintaining her regular schedule and out of the house working full time, you know, like, you know, really nothing shifted. Um, but, um, yeah, so as far as my son and I go, yeah, we're, we're here. He's a hundred percent remote and, um, he does have, uh, three zoom calls in a day with his teacher and they're put in a class and it's, you know, um, I think 19 kids in his group or something like that, uh, that, that are on those calls and he, he's given a certain amount of work to do during the day. Mm-hmm. And I've really tried to prior- prioritize being there for him as that resource. And, you know, he's being asked to do more in the fall than um, he was being asked to do in the spring. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it makes, uh, it makes work a little challenging, but I do, you know, take advantage of, you know, an early window and uh, sometimes later in the afternoon when I can yeah well and so you've been able to make the shift maybe a little bit more smoothly because you've got your wife working but i mean really bless her bless her for being around you know uh people in this time of crisis and just being on the front lines i suppose that's a a little bit frightening at the same time but it's frightening and a blessing because she's able to you know maintain that that stable 
schedule. So that is a big deal for both you and your son. I mean, a little bit of better management of your symptoms, I would imagine, uh, being able to take care of each other. But that is a big shift for your son. Now, how old is he? Uh, he's seven and in second grade. Okay, so that is a lot for a seven-year-old, too. Three Zoom meetings a day? I limit myself to two Zoom meetings a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're short, but but yeah, he, he they do go over yeah. the amount of material. Yeah. So your your focus has shifted, but you still have to keep your business alive. Mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. How, so you're talking about you've got some pockets of time in the morning and in the afternoon and that's what works for you. What I'm hearing is that you have to adapt to the opportunity to work on your business when it presents itself whether it's in the morning or afternoon like it is for you or you've got kids, you know, the parents with multiple kids who are on Zoom calls, multiple Zoom meetings. So they just kind of have to grab bag this thing at the same time as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, as anyone knows, it's it's hard to get a lot done when you hear, hey, mom, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, dad, over and over, you know. It's very so, hard. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's the middle of my day. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah. Six-year-olds don't really get that message loud and clear, do they? Not particularly. You know, they're a little easier to negotiate with than, you know, maybe a toddler. I have a, a, a niece who's younger and, you know, she, she probably doesn't get much of what's going on. Sure. But, uh, you know, my son, he kind of sees it. He kind of understands. But at the same time, you know, any seven-year-old wants attention. So, sure. you know, and they need the help. So, yeah, I mean, I've really tried to make myself more available to him during the day than, than I really did during the spring. Sure. Um, so, so that's been a major shift, but, um, you know, I'm getting used to the chaos, I suppose. So you're working in your business. So let's shift a little bit in our conversation. You're working in your business. You have to keep it going. You have to keep that pipeline going. What are you doing at this point while your child is squarely in your crosshairs, right? With, uh, with school and everything else. That was probably a terrible analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's right in front of you. And you, yes. can't, you can't move out of the way and you need to make sure he has what he needs and your work has to pause. So what are you doing to keep the workflow going? Well, I, I was lucky enough that I had a, a, a very good, strong um, collection of clients. Okay. I, had a lot of returning customers, have a lot of returning customers, mm -hmm. and um, you know, have been able to kind of keep things going that way. Um, what I've paused or what I've, like, what I've really had to uh, work around, like, I don't do uh, many or any or many uh, <laughs> phone calls or meetings during the day anymore. Mm -hmm. um, my wife works 10 hours uh, a day, uh, 10 hour shifts. So she has one day off during the week, which is why I scheduled for this Monday. Um, so, so she's with him now, 
but uh, when I when I have him, um, you know, I I really try to avoid those meetings. Uh, you know, that just helps my sanity. <laughs> yeah. And help me with him, um, but also, um, you know, I I have a certain uh, amount of billable work that I want to get done during the day, sure. and try to do that like I say, early in the morning before he's really out of bed mm-hmm. and later in the afternoon um, when he's, uh, you know, kind of occupied with, with uh, other stuff in his room. So, and you have this habit too, because you do have a thriving group of clients. So it's not only that you've made the shift during this pandemic, but you've just always had this habit of making sure that you do have a thriving group of clients and that you're working on that every single day. So are you networking every single day? Um, It seems like in your business that you've made it a point to always have a a good body of business going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll I'll send check-in emails with uh, people that I haven't heard from for a while and, you know, really just try to... um, keep that reoccurring business going. You know, I mean, I think there's always a conversation about everybody wants to get that new customer. Everybody's interested in more and more leads and new work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes we do that in a way that overlooks what, what we do have. And, you know, maybe there's some low hanging fruit that um, we can go after before it becomes solely about attracting new leads. Yeah, the low-hanging fruit is a great thing, and I think that's where we hit up um, the current clients that we have. Do you yeah. know what, what additional work is going on? What do you have um, in the future? That yeah, I absolutely. To work on. So keep cultivating the relationships that you're making. So let's talk about <clears throat> a controversial subject for a minute, okay? Sure. There are lots of parents at home that are trying to work right now with their kids and these kids are, as kids do, and I'm not, I, there's nothing against kids and nothing against parents. I want to preface this with saying that. Um, but they're barging into Zoom meetings. And I know that parents are doing the absolute best that they can, but they, but they are barging into those business meetings. And um, I just want to get your take on that and see what you think about that and see if you feel that is detrimental right now or if that's something that's really not that big a deal? You know, uh, it's a situation that I've kind of sidestepped because like I mentioned, you know, I've, I've really tried to cut the amount of uh, meetings that I'm on and, you know, in his proximity. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I think it's something that hopefully clients um, and in certain circumstances, employers um, can be more accommodating and understanding of, especially right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's the, it's this coming together of everybody in the family dynamic. It feels like it's a little bit overdue and it's also this uh enormous demand on business to make the change from everybody's working in the office to now everybody's working at home. But it's interesting because it's like, well, this was the only way 
it was going to happen. Everybody else had to experience the exact same thing, level the playing field so we all would move from in office to in the home. Do you think people are going to go back to work the same way ever again? I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, this certainly accelerated a lot of trends. And I, I would, I would think that, you know, more businesses will recognize that, you know, they can get things done. They can move things forward with a workforce that's at home. And, you know, I think that might help. So, you know, maybe there are people who continue to operate this way, you know, long after this is over. Yeah. It's a better integration of work life it seems like, because there really is no such thing as the work-life balance. It's either, it's the unbalance, it's the work-life unbalance. It's either, oh, everything's caught up at work, well, then home just fell in the trash compactor. Oh, everything's great at home, and then work is like, well, hey, why can't you get here on time, and what's going on, and you just dialed this in. So maybe this integration, even brought by this horrific virus, is overdue. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that uh, there are certain certain things that certain positives that'll come out of this. Yeah, for sure. And I think there's certain positives too, in that kids seem to be safer. Uh, in terms of we were overrun with school shootings, and and now they're at home. A lot of them are at home, or or they're not in school. Um, you know, or maybe they're only there a partial time. Yeah, I know. Like. Our, our district offered a hybrid uh, solution mm-hmm. out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, I think it's uh, two days, one week, three days, the next that they would be in the building. Um, like I said, we opted for the medical, so it never really um, affected us. But yeah, uh, but yeah that, so I, I think you're right. I think, you know, a lot of ways that they were, um, threatened before hopefully Mm -hmm. they're safer well and I mean I remember when my daughter was in kindergarten and they had a similar situation they had like class a and class b and class a was two weeks on at the school and, and class b was three weeks and so and I was forever trying to remember Lauren do you have school today like I yeah Where are you supposed to go? So, and they need the socialization, but at the same time, it's it's such an incredible change um, for these little bodies and little brains and for the parents to try and orchestrate it all. So a big shout out to parents, however you're doing it, and for businesses who are adapting in this way so that we can keep chugging along and, and keep going. And as entrepreneurs, we need to keep doing that. So yeah. let's make another shift in our conversation. I want to talk about the virus and us in the latest book that you wrote. Why did you write it? What do you hope it accomplishes for you and your son as well as other parents and their kids? Yeah, I mean, like, like everyone when this started, I mean, I, I, we were just searching for a way to process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a seven-year-old is young. They're not going to, they're, they're going to understand aspects of this but you can't talk to them about it the way that you would talk to an adult. So, I mean, I, I just started, started writing and I wanted him to have a historical context for, for what was going on. And I wanted him to understand some of the thoughts that were 
kind of swimming around in my brain. And, you know, I think the book is kind of a combination of those things and, and just everything that's happening in our family and how it affected us. But at the same time, you know, the, the issues that affect me are not, you know, unique to me. They're things that a lot of parents and a lot of adults in general um, deal with on a daily basis. So I decided to, <laughs> to publish it and, um, you know, just kind of put it out there for anybody that it might help. Yeah, and you'll review it with your son later. I think it really is a snapshot moment in time. Yeah. It's almost like a memento, really. Like, this is our photo book from that really weird year <laughs> we all experienced together. And, you know, it just, it, it's just been so odd. So I think it's it's really laudable that you wrote that book to share it. And this is what we in my opinion, what we all need to be doing anyway, is help everyone with the tools that we have right now, whether it's writing a book, sharing resources, um, sharing tips about how to work. So you're talking about how to work. And the one thing that I want to talk to people about before we close is that, you know, it's critically important at all times of your business to do what one of my clients, Lisa Levy, calls future-proofing. And I love that term because that is what we need to do no matter what the market is doing, no matter if there's a pandemic or not, no matter if we're in schooling or not. We always need to be future-proofing our business. And that is why businesses are surviving. The smaller businesses that are surviving are doing so because they are regularly networking. They are regularly reaching out to people. They are following up. They are sending emails. They are connecting on LinkedIn. They're joining groups. They're cultivating those pipelines. And notice that I'm saying plural pipelines because you'd never want to put all your eggs in one basket. Like that's the oldest adage in the book, right? So, <laughs> yeah, but an important one. It's an important one, but it, that is your business's lifeblood. You always need to make time. If you talk about the work on balance, like you're going to be balancing those spinning plates, but you need to do it. Do your work and also network. Do your work and also follow up with a client about the project that you guys talked about last week. Do your work and make sure that you're commenting on a post where somebody is looking for somebody you know, to, to help them out. That translates into future income and future dollars and longer days that your doors get to stay open. So I think that's another thing, Matt, that you've taught us is you're still doing what you're doing. You're just doing it in a different way. And what you've done has lasted 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, it has. And um, I guess like through this whole thing, I've been kind of reminded of what uh, high school athletics coaches used to tell me in another life, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, where they always talked about like the, the kids who the athletes and those involved in the extracurriculars and the, 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 the ones that, you know, have the longer days are the better, better students because they get more done in the corners. Yeah. They get done in the small amounts of time that they have. Right. And, you know, 
I, I think that's an important, important lesson. I mean, I wish we didn't have to learn it in the way that 2020 taught it to us. But, um, you know, I, I do think that, that that's the way that, that I've been able to, to handle this. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it, it really doesn't take a, a huge extended amount of time to, to finish, you know, a page or finish whatever, you know, um, small part of a client project that you might have going on. Right. And as long as you can keep chipping away at that, uh, you know, you can stay in business, keep your doors open and uh, keep, keep happy. And, you know, and it's interesting when you talk about that consistency, and I think that's really important. I think when a lot of people hear consistency, they might get a little intimidated. Like, oh, I'm supposed to do this every single day. And they're looking down that long road. It's kind of like if a client, um, you know, I've got some fitness coaches and they have clients come to them and they say, my doctor said I needed to lose a hundred pounds. Well, so many times if you hear that, you're going to just go blind with intimidation. Well, I can't do this. That's way too much. And it's like anything. You're just chipping away at it like you're talking about it a bit at a time, a bit at a time. You know, if you have a book that's due, in my case, if you have a book that's due and uh, you need to get some proofreading done, for example, can you get 20 pages done in a day? Probably if it's reading and mainly doing grammar and punctuation. Yeah, you probably can. If you have to keep up a blog for somebody, for example, you know, how can you chip away at that? That's 800 words. Can you flash write that out in an hour? perhaps, then walk away from it, come back later. So time blocking right now is critically important and compartmentalizing that time right now is critically important. It's going to allow you to get done what maybe you don't typically get done. What I also love about time blocking too, Matt, is that, um, and I know you use it for yourself, is that it takes away the emotional component because it's non-negotiable. So if it's 4.30 and your wife is coming home and you know your butt's supposed to be in that office chair because you're supposed to be sending out those emails, that's exactly what you're going to do. It doesn't matter what you feel like. It doesn't matter if you're hungry, if you're tired, if you don't want to do it. I've used this analogy before when my kids were little and they'd say, you know, maybe not little, but they'd say, well, we don't want to do the dishes. And I'd say, well, that's great. Thanks for telling me how you feel, but they still have to get done. So, do them anyway. <laughs> yeah you got to do them anyway so you can do a mad sad whatever your point you know? <laughs> may as well do them happy do them happy <laughs> and it takes you like seven minutes so come yeah, on exactly Let's, you know, yeah what you dreaded might not take you very long it doesn't take very long and it's returning again and again to that consistency and thinking about it in that way. I'm going to take 20 minutes here. I'm going to take 20 minutes there. So the reinvention is different. You know, the compartmentalizing of all of this chaos is different. That's what I would call it, compartmentalizing chaos. Yeah. It, it's different, but it will work as long as you identify what needs to be addressed and completed, and then you isolate times to do those things keep returning to that again and again the other thing is and i don't know if you do this but i give myself little breaks little rewards yeah um i i'm it's gotten harder for me i will say that Mm -hmm. um you know uh with, uh with 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 my my rheumatoid arthritis Mm -hmm. i 
you know, have gotten very, very strict about diet. Mm. So, you know, finding that little break or that little reward, maybe it's, you know, 10 minutes on Facebook or something like that. But I, I really try not to gravitate to food, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah. So, so there is that aspect. It's it, that I, I know what you're saying with the, with the reward thing, but uh, I guess I've had my challenges. (laughs) There are challenges and there's different ways you know, to give yourself a reward, you can go chill out on your deck, you can sit on your porch, just be in the sunshine for a minute, and uh, maybe grab another cup of coffee, some of your favorite creamer that you like, people who are allowed to have creamer, I'm not, I love you and I hate you at the same time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there's little things that you can do for yourself, you can take a break with your kid, you know, and uh, read a book together or take the dog for a walk or whatever, but just get away from that work. And it's the incorporation of the pieces of your daily life that make it challenging. But when you get it down, and every day is going to look different, but if you get it down where you're segmenting your day like that, it's actually much more rewarding. Sure. You know, I will say that, like, one of the things that we started with back in March and April was uh, my, my son wanted to have a Nerf gun fight every day before lunch. <laughs> and, um, you know, there was a day or two where I was like, no, no, I don't have time. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know? yeah. So, you know, we, we, that became our routine, uh, you know, for, for 10 or 15 minutes before we did lunch, we would <laughs> each other with Nerf gun bullets. And it was fun. <laughs> You're um, going to forget it. Yeah. I, I, like, like that's when this goes back to normal. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to get a Nerf gun fight in the middle of the day. <laughs> so, so take advantage of it now. Yes, it is. It is a gift in a weird, weird way that the world needed and that everyone needed to feel a little bit more connected to each other. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I've enjoyed having you on and talking about these myriad things with you today and how you're staying ahead and why your business is still thriving and you're managing to get in your Nerf gun fights. So (laughs) um, this has been great. And I really am grateful that uh, you're sharing your latest book, The Virus and Us, with people to help other parents in your situations. And on SickBiz, we say that's the greatest thing that we can do is pay it forward. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. A pleasure. The one thing this dumb virus has done well is illustrate where we need to take the time. It is a pauser, a laser light on what can be improved, let go, where our kids need us and on what's not working. Matt Brennan has taken this time to examine his life and give back to his family and himself. He has done what many of us find comfort in, finding the gift in this. You know that as a common theme of this show, seeking and locating the blessings that come out of trials in our lives. To get in touch with Matt and learn more and get his book, please reach out to him at Matthew Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N.com. That's three N's, people. When is the last time you examine your pipeline? 
No, this is not a plumbing question. It's a question we all need to ask ourselves. Even though the day can get long and we get tired, if we want to keep our businesses up and running and providing for us and our families in the future, we need to work in the present, just like we talked about on today's episode. I have discovered a new site, well new to me, that helps people find freelance gigs and make lasting business relationships. We work remotely. Look for the WWR and especially their Facebook page, which lists new jobs nearly every day in multiple industries and in multiple fields. So check it out. It's always helpful to have another resource to depend on. Keep working that pipeline and ensure your future proofing. The little black circle with the bright white WWR lets you know you're in the right spot. That's it for today's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for listening. Be well.